The comments heard on The View from a Pew are those of Mac McCoy and are not necessarily the opinions of his guests, his producer Garth, any one particular denomination or religion, the church lady, Mr. Lemke, Pastor Craig, or anyone else of sound mind and body. Now here is today's The View from a Pew, heard all around the world on YouTube. Just search for The View from a Pew. Thank you, Emily, and welcome back. We appreciate uh, you being here today, as well as Garth, my producer, who's uh, making sure this thing sounds good. You know, as radio people, we really don't understand the technical side of this, and I'm just blessed to have Garth because he understands all this stuff and makes sure it all works for me. So, Also, thanks for the folks at The Chosen for allowing me to use their music as my uh, music for the show. We appreciate that. And this is going to be probably eight shows or more with my guests today. And they'll all be on YouTube, and they'll also be on Roku, as well as all of our website or all of our uh, podca- uh, podcast sites. We've got like one, two, three, four, five times four. We've got 27. Garth's got me on 27 podcasts site. So God bless you, Garth, and we appreciate that. So I want to introduce you to a young man by the name of Richard Leitner. Leiter. Leiter, not an N. O-N. All right. And uh, we're going to hear his story, which is amazing. Uh, I met Richard at a uh, Thanksgiving dinner. No, not Thanksgiving. No, it was after Thanksgiving. After Thanksgiving. The priest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, down in Lincoln, and he's a professor of law at uh, University of Nebraska, and that scares me enough right there. <laughs> um, but he's got this amazing story, and you, you've heard about these stories before, where they start out, and eh, this Jesus guy, I don't know, is he the real thing or not? I don't know. Let's see. And he was raised Jewish. Mm-hmm. And then at what date, how old were you? I was, uh, let's see, 28. All right, so at 28 years old, you decide you're going to prove the Bible wrong. Yes. Because you're a smart guy, and you read it, and Jesus comes and mugs you. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So. uh, Pulled a fast one on me. Huh? Pulled a fast one on me. Pulled a fast one. I like that. Yeah. So that's going to be the story that we're going to do here. And uh, I'm going to divide this show up into like 14-minute segments. So if you want to watch them online uh, after they're live, uh, then you can do so on any of the podcast sites or on Roku or, as Emily says, on uh, uh, YouTube. We're also on there. All you got to do is just look for The View from a Pew. The View from a Pew. And you'll find us there. So, Richard, welcome to Max World. I appreciate it. Well, thank you very much, Mac. Yeah, Thanks for having me here. Very excited to, to do this show. Mm-hmm. Um, your priest, pastor, not priest, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, he's a priest. Priest Theodore. Yes. Down at the uh, Greek Orthodox. Right, Annunciation Orthodox Church in Lincoln. Okay. Uh, introduced you and I together. Yeah. And uh, uh, found the story fascinating. In fact, I think it, when we were sitting there having lunch, I think I probably stopped you at one point and said, I want to hear it live. <laughs> I don't want to hear in the beginning. So that's what we're going to do today. Yep. So um, um, why, why do you teach law but don't practice law? Or do you practice law? Yeah, well, so that's 
it's kind of a long story. I um, grew up, I, I graduated from college. I had intended to be a rabbi. Okay. And so I was taking religious studies courses. And at the last minute, the Lord sort of had other ideas. I didn't recognize it as a God thing at the time. But um, after I finished my religious studies uh, degree, um, I stayed on and did an anthropology of religions um, major. Oh, okay. So I have two BAs. And um, so when I graduated with a degree in anthropology and one in religious studies, couldn't figure out what I could do for a living. So I ended up volunteering with a group called Volunteers in Asia, and I taught English or in um, uh, Indonesia for oh, wow. a year. So I was on, in West Sumatra. Okay. Um, the nation of West Sumatra in the middle of Sumatra, obviously. And um, when I came back, I decided to the States, I decided I wanted to become a writer. And um, so I went, moved to L.A. Um, of course. Yeah, because I, I was so naive. I just thought that you'd just show up in L.A. and answer a want ad and start writing. Yeah, right. So I quickly learned that I needed to make some money. And so I got a part-time job in a law library. Uh, it was a pretty ritzy firm in um, Century City. We had clients like Herb Alpert, A&M Records. Oh, my. Uh, Barry Gordy was a client. Well, Century Groucho City Martin. is the home of uh, Columbia Records. Is that yeah, the ground building? All this, yeah, that's a, in, over in Hollywood. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. But anyway, so I walked into this law firm um, uh, for a part-time job in order to pay rent, and I found uh, that it just resonated with me. I loved working in a library. Um, I was the outside researcher, so I was driving all around L.A., visiting different libraries. This was 1978, okay. 77, 1978, and um, decided that I wanted to make a career of being a law librarian. So I went to law school in L.A., yeah. Southwestern University. It was also around that time that I met my wife. Um, Were you guys hippies? I was pretty much a hippie, yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was the 70s. Yeah. Um, so I met my wife at the law firm, and I guess this is a fascinating part of the story. At the time, I was exploring everything, a little Buddhism, a little Est. Do you remember the Est training with Werner Earhart? No, I'm I was sorry. into anything spiritual. that I, I was a seeker, true seeker. Okay. And so, actually, I was praying, uh, chanting to Buddha for a wife. The Nishran Shoshu Buddhism, I was dabbling within it a right. little bit. And uh, that's when I met Wendy, my wife. And she did she work at the law firm? She worked at the law firm as a secretary, so it was uh, office romance, sort of. Ooh. Yeah. Was, keep that off the record. <laughs> yeah. And so, well, in today's world, you couldn't do that. Yeah, right. So as we were considering getting married, um, we actually had this conversation. We said, you know, we're going to have a family. We need to have a, uh, a reputable authentic religion, you know, just chanting to Buddha or, 
you know, just seems like socially not acceptable, especially in our family. So we decided, let's be Jewish. And so I was raised Jewish and I had a pretty solid um, uh, foundation in uh, being a faithful, you know, active Jew, reformed Jew in California. So Wendy converted to Judaism so okay. that my rabbi that I grew up with could marry us. Yeah. Now, you just said something I want to ask a question about. You said, what did you call the Judy Judaism? Reformed. Reformed. Yeah. What is a Reformed Jew? So Reformed Jews are very assimilated. They um, are not very uh, faithful to kosher laws. They don't okay. feel that it was as important. But Reformed Jews were more um, modern and... Um, right were more willing to take the Bible as metaphor and analogy. Um, but it wasn't the Masonic, uh, you weren't a Masonic Jew. No, Messianic. Messianic. No, 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 far from it. So you, we were, Jesus wasn't in your life. Not a bit. In fact, so if you think about it, so I was born in 1952. You called me a young man. I thank you for that. You're very that welcome. That's a stretch. You but, look younger than I am. But so 1952, um, that was less than 10 years after World War II was oh, over. Oh, yeah. And so Jews yeah. um, all over the country were still kind of in shock at, yeah. to what was happening. And so I was raised um, in a community in Northern California, San Jose, generally. Um, there weren't a lot of Jews, but we all came together in the synagogue. And so we identified very strongly, passionately as Jewish. But when I went to school, you know, we had Christmas programs and, yeah, you know, right. all of my friends were not uh, Jews. Um, only my relatives were the only Jews that I knew. So um, I grew up and I was taught, you know, be friends with Christians, but you can't trust them all the oh way. Oh, my gosh. Well, think about it. Kristallnacht was only 10 years earlier when people woke up one day and suddenly their neighbors were turning them in. So that was, that was always in the back of my mind. Be friends with Jews, but you, or with Christians or Gentiles, but don't trust them too much. They'll, you never know when they're going to turn on you. And when they turned on you, what would they? How would they turn on you? Well, it's uh, it would come up in a lot of different ways. Um, my dad, for example, he um, was a pharmacist. Um, he went to USC pharmacy school. And um, at the time, there were only two slots for Jews. Mm. So he didn't make it the first time, so he had to wait a year. And those kind of things were just accepted. Um, no Jewish members at the Olympic Club in San Francisco. Mm. You know, there was... Um, and that, w that was just a given. And, um, but we realized we were doing okay. Um, uh I was very popular in my school, and um, I had a band. I uh, was president of the you know, my junior high school, and so and everybody knew I was Jewish, and they just thought I was kind of peculiar, and um, you know I didn't celebrate Christmas, and people would ask why. But 
the the distrust that I was talking about was um, if a Gentile decided, you know, was really put to the test, it had to choose between their faith and um, Judaism, they would turn you in. See, I just, uh, and we'll have to talk about this at some point during the show, I, I just have never understood why there is this, uh, sent, what, what, what's it called? Some Anti-Semitism? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just don't understand no, that. I don't either. I don't. Um, I lived in Des Moines for a long time, you know, and we had a country club that yeah. was only Jewish. Yeah. Because they wouldn't let them go to the other one, which right. I just yep. goes over my head. All right. Yeah. All right. We were going to continue this conversation probably in eight parts, and each one of them will be posted on our website. Uh, MacMcCoy.com. It will be on uh, Facebook, on several channels. It'll also be on Roku, and it'll be on YouTube. So you can hear this as much as you like and as often as you want. And uh, always, uh, always, I want feedback. Uh, and I, I, I like negative feedback. I know that sounds weird, but I learn more from when people don't like what I'm doing rather than what I'm doing. So we would appreciate uh, you get, getting a hold of us that way. And it's Mac at theviewfromapew.com. Mac, M-A-C, like macaroni, at theviewfromapew.com. We want to thank our folks at divinetruthchristian.com. Great place to order for Christmas presents. And uh, remember, let's keep Jesus in Christmas. Divine Truth Christian Store, where you